0: Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy.
1: Good morning.
0: Good morning.
1: morning. I hope this is still on. Um, Hi, guys. We wanted to take a beat before moving on to the sermon and just honor our educators and our administrators. Yes! Our... So, yeah, think we can... we're going to give them more claps than that, okay? Um, we want to do something special for them this month, uh, and it will, it's like a little surprise for you educators out there. I just know that for me, this is literally the worst part of the year. This, there is no nothing harder when you're an educator in August, it's just like, pretty much the worst like you leave your summer and then you get to inherit the worst that's what happens so if you are an educator or administrator will you do me a favor and first of all I need you to do two things for me I need you to go back to Lori and at the end of service and give her your email your email and if um, you're going to get an email from her requesting a little list of things that you might desire as an educator or administrator and here's the other thing if you are a homeschool mama, mm-hmm. you go give your information to Lori.
0: Yeah. Cuz you be doing
1: the work too. I mean, I deal with other student other kids that are not my kids and my kids, you know what I'm saying? But when you're doing when you're mom and teacher, that's rough. So, please go back and give your information as well. We're going to do something super special. You'll see it as it unvelops and develops. So, um, it's going to be wonderful. But before we go on, to have Sean give the sermon. My educators and my administrators and homeschool educators, will you stand up for me? I just wanna pray a prayer of (laughs) blessing over you. (laughs) You will always be honored in this house because I think this is not just something that you do for a job, this is a calling. And it takes a lot to do what you do, to love those littles the way that you do. So let's just pray. Lord, will you please bless this, every single person that's standing up. Will you just give them what they need for this year? Will you give them an absolute major pour out of your spirit? Will you grant them the stamina, the energy, the wisdom they need to walk into this school year? And when you do that, will you walk alongside them and let them feel as though they are not lifting the heaviest of weights? May they feel the absolute presence of a God that cares about little kids, a God that cares about big kids, a God that cares about the educators that are teaching the ones that you love. Will you please honor the folk in here and let us be a church that goes after our children and let us be a church that sees educators as one of the most important jobs. Will you be with this year as these teachers tirelessly go into the school year and love children across this city? They are the hands and feet of Jesus in a way that no one else can do it. Please honor them today, God, and bless them, mightily bless them. In your name, amen.
0: Amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you. You can go ahead and grab a seat. I love my wife. She's so awesome. It's different because she's been in education for so long and now she's transitioning into the new role of a children's pastor and overseeing all that and she's like, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Um, So anyways, uh, thank you guys. Um, Our prayers are with all of the teachers and staff and uh, I know that school is starting and... um, things are going. So anyways, um, we are continuing where Isaac left off. Shout out to the youth who did a great job last Sunday. Youth Takeover. Yes, Isaac was uh, covering chapter 5 and walking in the light. That was so great. If you missed it, go online and check that out. So today we are finishing chapter 5 in Ephesians talking about submission and marriage. Give me a whoop whoop. Oh, that was better than I thought. (laughs) It's all right. Uh, Honestly, I love talking about marriage. I'm passionate about marriage. And I feel as if the enemy is really out to destroy marriages. He's out to divide. And we see such... a wake of destruction when that happens. And it's it's just a tough, tough situation. Um, but I think that marriage is so important because it really affects the family. And our families are a makeup of our community and our state and, and our country, essentially. And so the enemy knows that if he can break up families. The best way is to do that through breaking up marriages. And so um, as we talk about this and as we cover uh, this material, I know there's a gamut of people here today. There's people who are divorced. And for you, I just want to say there is no judgment here. Um, There is absolutely no judgment here. Um, I know there's single people who want to be married, and my heart goes out to you because i was almost thirty years old when i got married and that was a very tough season without susie you can just imagine how out of control i was um, anyways um, we are glad you're here and my heart is that through looking at God, god's uh, word and scripture that you will even find ways to apply certain principles of this so let's just go ahead and pray as we start this message um, heavenly father thank you for your word Um, Lord, you created marriage. Uh, Marriage is your idea and your concept. And so, God, I just pray for freedom and liberation, um, that if there is any shame um, associated to this, that it would leave. And I I pray that you would sharpen us to be better followers of you, uh, better followers to love one another, to um, really call and, and be on mission to what you have Um, for us. And Lord, we thank you that it's truly your sacrifice and your grace that gives us love um, to be able to dispense it to others. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, um, I want to set the stage by really focusing it on Christ. So in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, you can go ahead and turn your Bibles there if you have it, but look look at the emphasis on Jesus in this. In 21, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I think when we think about the word submission, especially in church circles, what is it usually referenced to? Oftentimes, submission is wives submit to your husband like that's what comes to mind and often it's with this tone of wives you're not submitting to your husbands and I feel like religion has really destroyed this word of submission and so I want you to lift the parameters of that and really see what the scriptures are are talking about Um, because it says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ it says husband love your wives just as Christ loved the church and then Yes, wives, submit to your own husbands, but as you do unto the Lord, as you love the Lord, as you make the Lord a part of your life, as you invite him in, so also your husbands. And um, I really see marriage as kind of a side-by-side partnership and a relationship. In Corinthians um, chapter 11, verses 11 through 12, look at what it says. It says, Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as woman came from man, so also man is born of woman. But everything comes from God. So yes, in Genesis, God takes Adam's rib and forms woman. But ever since then, men, we've needed women to come into this world, right? So really, there's a connection here. And I see that there is um, inequality because in Genesis, it says that God has created us in his own image. He didn't say he created man in his own image. He created all of human beings in his own image. We have the very spirit of God living in us. In First Peter 3, 7, it says that our wives are our equal partner in this new gift of life. They're an equal partner in this new gift of life. That we come as one and there's unity in that. And so men and women are both given an indispensable role in achieving God's ultimate purpose. And so there is good submission and there's unhealthy submission. And I think for some of us, we might even be cringing a little bit. And the reason is because that there is bad leadership. There's toxic leaders who want to promote their own agenda, who want to promote their own things. And that's very unhealthy. But submission truly is a part of our everyday lives. When you think about it, we are instructed to obey the government, to state laws, to, to the IRS, <laughs> to our bosses, right? You have bosses, you have leadership at work, you have authority in those um, areas of your life. Also, what about parents and kids? Kids, you're supposed to honor and obey your parents, and even husbands and wives and ultimately we are to submit one to another that's what verse 21 says so submission is way beyond a woman submitting to her husband yes they should do that but there's there's bad influences that um, taint this word submission Um, but in a good situation in a healthy situation submission is a great thing when parents offer a loving home that's safe for their children It's wise for their children to obey their parents. When they say, hey, don't play on the street, (laughs) that's good advice. That's healthy advice out of love from the parent to a child. When they say, hey, don't just eat candy, or don't eat sweets, eat vegetables, eat fruits, go to bed on time so you're going to wake up in a good mood and be ready to learn for school. Now go to bed, right? (laughs) That's good advice. And such is the relationship with us in Christ. God has our best intentions. And so when he gives us the Ten Commandments, that's really for our own good. He says, I've designed you. I know what you need. And so as a, as a child of God, it's easy to submit to that loving leadership. It's easy for me to say, yes, I see and validate the, the importance of these Ten Commandments. I validate the scriptures and saying, you know what, you know what's best for my life. And so that type of submission is, is good, but there is, like I said, there's bad leadership that causes this word to, you know, submission to be in a negative connotation. Um, and submission is not blindly obeying everything somebody tells you. You have to respect yourself knowing that you're made in God's image and that you're an equal partner. And so mental and physical abuse in marriage should never exist, no matter what side it's coming from. And if you're a victim of that, my heart is that you'd go to a place for help in that regards. And there are toxic leaders that cause harm, and this is not good, and it's sin, and God does hate sin. And so healthy submission, what does that look like? Um, here's, Here's another practical example of this. What about a traffic light, all right? When that little red light goes on, no matter how big a vehicle you're driving, you stop and you're glad that you stop and you want others to stop at that red light, correct? That is the moral basis of traffic society. Now, the yellow light, not so much, right? (laughs) I was thinking about the yellow light. That really doesn't get much respect, you know? It's like, my light is just as bright as the red light but nobody cares about me. Like, why am I even on this pole, right? That's my purpose. Nobody ever pays attention to me. But we have to submit to that red light. No matter who you are, no matter your background, or your race, or how big a vehicle it is, submission is very, very important. And there's areas in our marriage with me and Susie that I gladly submit to her. For example, um, if she says, Sean, that's a really ugly shirt. You shouldn't wear that. (laughs) That conversation has happened. And I just submit to that, I'm like, okay. So if I'm shopping and I'm like, wow, those wouldn't be what I would pick out for shoes or whatever, if she likes them, I know they're gonna be way more fashionable than what I would lean into. Guys, it was a mess. Like, I dressed like a 50-year-old when we got married. It's true, I, I just, uh, I'm thankful to submit to Susie in that regard, right? Or like our house, like I decorated so poorly as a bachelor. Like classic black leather couches, big giant TV. And like, but my wife came and I'm like, yeah, clearly her style is better. So it's my job to like hang, you know, get the ladder and hang curtain rods and all that type of stuff. Um, But I submit to her leadership in that because her style is way better than mine. Now this one was a little trickier to submit to, but honestly, we have a different mentality when it comes to being on time right? I value being on time but my problem is, is I don't value on being super early and so I have a different time of like yeah it's gonna take us ten minutes to get there or whatever so for example this happened last week to us we actually had a chance to go to Omaha we were there last week and our family had a reunion you can see this picture but um, our kids had a chance to meet all these cousins it was just an amazing time um and uh they got to i mean it's been like 17 years since we've done something like this so it was a really neat opportunity to go but we were um right next to the airport and our flight left at like 6:40 p.m. so we were hanging out with the cousins and I'm like this is great we should really maximize our time here but susie says no we should leave at like 4:30 i'm like babe our flight leaves at 6:40 like we have plenty of time right But I says, because we've had this conflict before, and I said to myself, Sean, anytime that she says it's time to go, I'm gonna give her no grief or flack. I'm just gonna say, yep, let's go. (laughs) And so sure enough, we get there early, and um, they start boarding at 610, and props to, a shout out to American Airlines, because it was 640, and we were like, we had backed up the, like we were about to take off at 640. I'm like, man, Susie, you were right, again. Again, you were right. But that leads me to one of my top pieces of advice for you as married people. And what that is, is that we want to try to compliment each other. And it's not necessarily saying nice words like compliments like that, but it's really being one together, knowing that she has strengths and she has weaknesses, and I have strengths and weaknesses. And the reason that God's put us together is so that my strengths will cover her weaknesses. And so in Ephesians, it talks like this. It says, um, verse 31 and 32, it says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. So this, this unity has to do not only with marriages, but also families and God's family, the church. And so One of my greatest tips, get ready guys, get ready ladies, is that we are not allowed to be critical of each other's faults. So Susie has um, weaknesses and I have weaknesses, but it's not fair for me to tell other people or family or coworkers, oh man, my wife is really bad at dot, 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 dot. Or like, she always is struggling, or he's always late, or whatever. Because that's not fair. Because God, if you think about it, he's brought us up together to unify, to be stronger. And if you're single, you are a full, complete person. You don't get complete as married. You're full and complete in Christ as who you are. But as a married couple, the two become one, and now it's my role to cover her weaknesses. And it's her role to cover my weaknesses and say, hey, Sean, it's time to go to the airport. (laughs) Does that make sense? So think about this. Instead of being critical of your wife's weaknesses or your husband's weakness, instead think about, you know what? God, you've created me to cover that area. What, What could I do to better do that? That's a great, great piece of advice because it really exchanges that area of being critical to, hey, I'm shifting the responsibility on myself. And men, here's, here's, your, here's your chance for me to kind of poke at you guys. Um, verses uh, 25 through 30, we have a huge responsibility here in the scripture. I mean, it's just, it's gigantic. It says, husbands, love your wives. And then he gives just a crazy example here. As Christ loved the church. Holy, how do you do that? I haven't met one guy who can achieve that type of thing. But that's, that's our benchmark. Like, that's the bullseye. That's the aim. And a lot of you guys probably had 1 Corinthians 13. That's the passage about love. It was probably in your wedding or maybe even in your vows. Love is patient. Love is kind. You might just want to give yourself a little homework and look at that and say, Am I being patient to my wife? Am I being kind? And go down that list. Because it says, hey, husbands, we are to love our wives like this. Because Christ is such a great example. It says Christ loved the church. He gave himself up for her. And this is no excuse for any type of abusive relationship or anything. But he says that he's done this to make us holy. Cleansing her by washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself As a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same ways, husbands ought to love their wives as their own body. I'm not sure if this has popped up to you, but check this out. This just makes it so simple. This is like, okay, guys, here's what to do. It says, he who loves his wife loves himself. Period. That's good and simple, like... Okay, finally, Sean, I can under, I, I'm can i tracking with you here, right? After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed it, they cared for their body, just as Christ does for the church. So we are members of his body. So here's the math equation. The math equation is simple. It says, me loving my wife is actually me loving myself. It's caring for myself. So guys, think about the things that you love to do. What are some of your hobbies? What are the things that you're like, this is so much fun, this pours into my, this fills my cup, this brings me joy? Is it going for a trip? Is it going out shooting or hunting or fishing or just, you know, lounging around playing video games? I love to just check out and sit on the couch and be lazy. Like, what is it for you that really fills your cup? You make space for that, don't you? You make space for that. Well, the scripture is saying, hey guys, (laughs) newsflash if you love your wife, that's going to pour into you too. That's going to be the right choice for you as well. That is so simple. Loving your spouse actually is a picture of taking care of yourself. Isn't that cool? That's so cool. And I'll tell you what, there's lots of ways that you can love your spouse. There's a ton of books about it, there's the five love languages, there's all these different things. If you need creative ideas on how to love your wife, um, you can come talk to me, I can give you some resources. But truly it's something that we need to be intentional about. Just like you're intentional about making time um, with your buddy or your friends or having me time, loving your wife is a very important piece of taking care of yourself i 'll transition to this, and then we can kind of shift here to the women <laughs> a second, but another word for husband is the wor- the root word for farmer. Husbands had originally meant a man who owned and managed a farm and If you think of a farmer and you think about what describes a farmer is like a hard working person right they 're up at the crack of dawn, they just work really hard. But if you think about how husband relates to being a farmer, it really brings a new element. Because a farmer really is in tune with its crops, with the plants, right? If the plants fail, his whole season is unsuccessful. His success comes from the way his plants and crops flourish. So he studies The type of soil, and where to plant, how much to plant, how much to water. He follows weather weather patterns, and if he sees a threat against his plants, like bugs or whatever, he's going to respond to that. So, men, we are the protector of our wives. We want to be we want to be a student of them. Like, what environment can I create for my wife for God's gifts to just come and bloom? Like, what atmosphere? what are things that are bogging her down what can I help to really make her successful because when she's successful I'm successful you've heard that that cliche statement ain't nobody happy unless mama's happy right there's some truth to that because if your wife is flourishing you're going to naturally flourish right in loving your wife it makes joy to you. Some of the f- my favorite days are at my kids birthday and Christmas. That's a day that I just love the heck out of my kids. Or love the heck out of my family. And isn't it a wonderful day of celebration as well? So men, when you love and you care and you protect your wife, you're actually caring for yourself. Imagine that. Now wives, Now's your turn. I'm going to kind of pick at you. And soon my wife is going to come up here and share a little bit as well. But make it easy to be loved by your husband. Make it easy to be loved by your husband. What I mean by that is if he does something, like maybe he loads a dishwasher. Don't be critical being like, wow, you put the bowls in the wrong way. <laughs> or, oh, you fixed the bathroom, but look at that gap there. That doesn't look right. Oh, you cleaned the car, but you you got vanilla. I like new car smell. Like, that's not making it easy to love. Instead, I I remember this one picture of this gal, Susan. She was talking about making this, like, wow face for her husband. Like, you took out the garbage. Wow. Wow. I have the best husband in the world. (laughs) You picked up the kids from, from school wow. And she'd practice that face. <laughs> and I just think like, wow, you fixed the bathroom. Like, This was way better than getting a professional. You did a, you did a perfect job. See, women, when you take that angle and you beef up our ego, then we're going to be like, well, actually, you know what? There is a little crack there. I think I could fix that. I could do a better job, right? <laughs> women, you have no idea the importance of how you coach us and cheerlead us. Your words, your, your response and your interaction with us means more and boost our confidence to be the men of God that we're called to be more than any other person on the planet. That's true for most guys. It's true for me. And your words of criticism have the most effectiveness in tearing us down. So realize that, and and if you want your husband to come home for work, <laughs> make it a fun place to come home too. Be like, man, text him. Be like, I, I love it when you're here. I have a surprise for you. When you're here, you just make my day brighter. And men are gonna be like, wow. I wonder what's going on. I better get home, right? <laughs> but when you come home and you're like, gosh, I'm just I'm 30 minutes from being like pass my limit, tag in, deal with the dirty diapers, deal with this. this. The husband's going to be dri- just driving home, dredging, getting there, right? So make it a great place. And here's also another tip. This was so interesting. One time we were mentoring this girl. Um, and <laughs> I think they were engaged at the time, but there was, I don't know, it was some movie or something that she had the idea that she wanted him to, to surprise her with these certain type of flowers, and after a little while, I'm like, what's, what's wrong? And she's like, well, he hasn't brought me my flowers. And I'm like, hold on, time out. Are you kidding me right now? Like, guys don't, I know you maybe showed him a picture of this, but guys don't understand that. Tell him you want him to bring you these type of flowers. That's what, spell it out for us, right? Like, come on. So like, if, if you have a huge desire of like, man, it'd just be, be so fun if, if we went on a picnic or something like that. Let them know that you want them to take them to a picnic. Tell us how to better love you. And then when your wife drops that into your, <laughs> into your mind, guys, don't just be like, okay, let's get some sandwich meat. Let's go. Like, that, that won't get you any points at that point, right? <laughs> But plan it. So, women, if you say, hey, it would be so fun. It would mean so much to me. It would just be such an expression epic date if you were to take me out on a picnic. And then, guys, really plan it out. Take your time and set it up. But, women, if you, if you have things that you would love for us to do, we would probably love doing it. But you just got to communicate to us because we, me, I don't sometimes get it. So, <laughs> make it easy for your husband to love. Does that make is that good? Is that good? Okay, Susie, you've got some different things. She's going to cover verses 22 through 24.
1: We just thought it was um, it's interesting in these verses because it talks to the women, and I felt like Sean talking to the women. <laughs> I just maybe do a little bit better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. It's um, true.
1: So I'm going to open up with just the scripture. And that's—I mean—we're just taking it from the word. It's the word of God. What's so cool is when we do map our lives like the word of God, we're gonna like, we're gonna do okay. And that's including in marriage. Um, here it is: Ephesians five twenty-one through twenty-four. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands, as you do to the Lord. For husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. His body of which he is the savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) The thing I need you to understand about this is I wasn't always the best at this. I know you're shocked. I know, (laughs) I know, I know. I have a really good opinion about a lot of things. And I like to tell Sean about those opinions. Um, It took us a little while in our marriage till I got to reap the wrath of not letting him lead our family. If I can just be honest with you, I'll always tell you the nitty gritty, dirty birdie of my heart. (laughs) That was truth. I, I had a big aha moment when we landed ourselves in Thailand and I realized that I had pushed that pretty hard and it was a hard lesson for me to learn. And at that moment, I learned a lesson, and we'll have a slide for it, that submitting to me does not mean control. It means relief. Submission, ladies, if you're doing it the right way, it's a relief to submit. I love making decisions, but there are some decisions that my husband will have to stand before God in. That's the hard thing, ladies, is that when we get to heaven, we're going to be like, yeah, I did this and that. But our husbands have to stand in front of God and say, yeah, I allowed my wife to do this. I let my kids do this. I, I'm, I'm the one that's going to go get the, get the report card for that. So when it comes to that and when it comes to decisions in our life, I like submitting to Sean Lind. It's fun. It's relief. It's not heavy. It's not burdensome. And what's interesting about that my kids miles you can attest to this we actually hate it when we're in a store mm. cuz Sean Lynn's favorite term is miles mm. no that's not it <laughs> <laughs> you, hold on a second okay. this
0: this is probably the policy of several different okay, people in this we'll room we'll find
1: out we'll find out what does he say when we want to probably buy something a little bit more expensive than an normal? expensive item we have to sleep uh, on it
0: sleep on it we come on have to sleep where on am i sleep, sleep on it guys
1: we can oh never my gosh! Just it's like it, 10 percent. No, wow! No. I thought I'd
0: be half of the crowd.
1: No, no a lot of people just go for it. Babe. I'm a sleep on it, uh-huh. guy.
0: If it's something big, I'm sleeping on it.
1: Yeah, he, he has to sleep on it, and so the kids. Always I'm choosing know.
0: coffee. I'm like, oh my gosh, Starbucks or Pete's? I gotta sleep on it. No. no, not that. No, not that.
1: Not little things, but big things <laughs> in our life. He definitely has to sleep on it. So, what's amazing about that is. I can trust that Sean's gonna obey the Lord in this. I can trust that he's gonna sleep on it and pray on it and make the right decision for our family. And then when the decision happens, I'm okay. I'm okay. Relief is inside of me because I didn't make the call. So if it goes poorly, I didn't make the call. (laughs) And if it goes well, I also didn't make the call. Do you understand what I'm saying, ladies? Here's something else that's interesting. Like, even in this current place, we, we had a huge decision to make about me not working as a teacher, an educator, and sw- kind of switching roles, switching gears, and taking over because our, our sweet, amazing Brittany is not going to be with us after a couple more weeks. So um, I could not make the decision. This was heavy for me. It was too emotionally connected. And ladies, can I get an amen about those emotions? Yeah. Oh, boys, you don't even understand. It is heavy. You think, you could just be like, oh, I'll make that later. Clunk, I'm done. Girls, we're thinking about it like crazily, every single moment, everything. The toilet paper reminds us of the decision we have to make. (laughs) And that's straight up truth. So this is the amazing thing and why I believe God designed it to submit to our husbands. It is a way that we get to take a load off. We get to unburden ourselves. And allow it to be in the hands. So I just told Sean, Sean, this one's your call.
0: Yeah, so that was, the, that was the situation, is that she really had an opportunity to be a teacher with both of our kids in the same school.
1: So tender. And
0: she was like, they could come to my classroom. This is just a rare opportunity. And I just was like, I'm not sure that we want to cycle through another year of you teaching. Like, it just took a big hit on our family. And um, just like you could just see the Lord kind of working this out. Brittany had an amazing chance to go to Connecticut and she just says, man, I just feel like the Lord says now is the right time. And I think if this were to be done like in December or January, there's no way that we could up and leave. But, it was um, in the still. so we were stewing, like, what do we do? What do we do? And then, um, when this happened, it kind of gave us an option. And so, she was having a hard time. Do I continue to teach or do I step down? And I'm thinking, like, it's hard to find a great kids' pastor in 30 days. Like, I, <laughs> that's going to be very hard to find. Um, and so we, we wrestled with this. And there's been other decisions like this. And it, I just, yeah. and yeah, Susie just said, hey, you got to make the call in this
1: one. And what's so amazing is that I don't believe that my 27 year old self would have ever done that. It's actually just leaning into who Christ is and submitting more to Jesus that enables me to submit more to my husband. Now, here's the, here's the linchpin. Ladies, the more you submit to Christ, the easier it will be to submit to your husband. Even when maybe you don't feel like your husband's making the right call, sometimes you get to submit in those areas, too. And that's okay. Because who has to stand before God? He does on the decisions of our family. So that's my little talk on submission. Anything else? I think I got
0: it. Well, I was doing this message and we were rehearsing this. And um, I say, babe, is it easy to submit when I really love you? And I was thinking, (laughs) the answer in my mind was going to be like, oh man, babe, you love me so good. I just love submitting to you. But that was not the response that I got. (laughs) What was the answer you gave me?
1: I said, no, that has nothing to do with it. (laughs) I said, the more you love Christ, the easier it is for me to submit to you. Mm.
0: That's a good answer still. That's a good answer. Give it up for my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. We can have the band come up and close us out in worship. Um, Marriage is tricky. And just like uh, a farmer, it takes constant attention. Um, and I just want to pray for us that, that no matter where you are in your marriage, no matter maybe you've lost a spouse, maybe you're a widow, maybe you're single, um, maybe you're really struggling. There's a hard time, you know, emotionally for you. It's causing strain on the marriage. Um, God is our helper. And I want to remind that no matter where you are, God truly is your helper. And if you are, if you're sitting here today, I just don't want streams to ever be a place to where a person needs prayer. A person needs somebody to come alongside them and just say, hey, let's just pray and seek God. So if you need prayer, please see us after service. We have some, a prayer team up here. Uh, but if you can just bow your heads, let's just go ahead and close in prayer. Um, God, thank you for your word. Um, Lord, I just do pray you would speak to each and every one of us today. Um, that this next week, we, whatever you're telling us, that we could begin to put it into practice. And overall, I just hear the message of putting you first, that all of these things, marriage, it's all seeking you first. Just like Susie said, men, we are the best husbands when we submit our life to Christ and follow after you. Wives, you're the best wife when you follow after Christ. We receive your grace, God, and we ask for help. And, um, Lord, I pray that we would have solid, amazing marriages in this church, in our community. Help those who are struggling um, with marriage in this area, Lord, in the Phoenix area, God. I pray that your spirit would bring revival in families, in marriages, in homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and stand as we uh, close in song.